there were a few people there. I mean, there were people in their Battlehawks gear. I saw a dog. I was at a dog-friendly place, so you can bring dogs into the place. And nice. Guy had a bulldog with a, a Battlehawks jersey on. You know, cool. it, <laughs> That's awesome. It was cool to see, but people were kakaing behind me, and I wanted to <laughs> choke them. They're kakaing as you're texting that to me. I wanted to throw my. I wanted to put you on Facetime and then throw my phone at them. Um, oh, that's funny. Other than the cacao, I'm in. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. Hey, CEP listeners. Thank you for checking out the second episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you're returning after listening to the first episode, then we thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. With this episode, Patrick and I go all over the map, but our main topics include Deontay Wilder using his rematch clause against Tyson Fury, the UFC Norfolk card that happened Saturday night, our thoughts on the Astros cheating scandal, the XFL and the St. Louis Battlehawks, the UFC 248 card happening this Saturday, and much, much more. If you have any questions for Patrick and I or any topics that you would like to hear us rant about, make sure to hit us up on any of the CEP social medias. We are everywhere. Now, buckle up. We are going to get into it. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato. I got my good friend Patrick Blair who's shoveling down coffee intensely right now. How's it going, man? Love my coffee, dude. Leave me alone. <laughs> good, good. Episode two. I got I to gotta, gotta have energy, man. <laughs> I'm not a coffee guy. I don't know how. I, I don't know how anyone is in a coffee person. Uh, I wasn't like in my early 20s, uh-huh. but then mid-20s, I definitely started drinking coffee. Now I'm like, I'm addicted. It's I probably drink way too much, but whatever. It's natural. Are you are you comes like, the, a, are you from the earth? Are you like completely black? Yeah. yeah. Coffee? Really? I'll do. Ooh, yeah. Taste. So sometimes I'll do uh, a little bit of unsweetened almond milk, you oh, know? Oh, man. Little, little you go hard, my friend. You my go coffee. hard. Yeah, yeah, I party. I party. Um, how was your? Uh, did you? Speaking of partying, did you party last night? It was Saturday. The weekend, uh, like seven beers, Bush Lights. Ooh, yeah. I I got uh I got frisky it's last super, night. Keeping it super classy in the woods as usual. Well, I'm, we're not really in. I mean, kind of in the woods. You're in the woods. Yeah, but not. Okay, whatever. Did you drink by yourself? My my wife was there. She was she was she was she was, have, she, was, she, was few... she was partaking in a few Michelob Ultras at the time. <laughs> you see, the, the the weird thing is this: I've been to your house, I've seen your beer fridge. You have a lot of other choices other than Bush Light or Mick Ultra, but that's what you guys chose last night. You know, it's is, so it, you could have seven. Well, it just depends like PBR or Bush or something like that is a go-to on some nights. It just depends on how turned up you want to get really. Right. Like I can, I can have, you know, four IPAs and be done for the night, or I can have seven or eight Bush lights and probably still not be as turned up as I would be if I drank those IPAs anyways. So I kind of, I guess I'm just trying to determine how my night's going to go. I'm just glad you're trying to get turned on a Saturday. That's all. (laughs) T U R N T for sure. I'm, I'm proud of you. No, you're not. I had a few. I we uh we were texting back and forth. We watched the uh, UFC Norfolk card, but mm-hmm. I was I was confused. So here's the thing: like while I was watching that, and I, I texted you about this in the beginning of the week. I'm, I'm I must be late to this party, but so 
as you know, I love YouTube. Uh, because I'm such a music nerd and a sports nerd, I can go back and watch stuff from the past. You know, if I want to, I want to watch Rage Against the Machine on Saturday Night Live, I can go find that on YouTube. If I want to watch Pearl Jam at Pink Pop in like '93, I can do that. If I want to watch the Super Bowl from 15 years ago, I can do all that. But what's happening is, is so I watch. You know, I have my specific things that are my go-to's. So stand-up comedy, stand-up comedians that I like, definitely. I'll, you know, I'll have that on in the background when I'm cooking or whatever um but lately i've been getting things that come into my youtube feed that i was confused by so i'll see in the title it'll be person that i actually follow and like sucks or person that i actually follow and like is terrible and here's why so i out of curiosity i click on it and it's a podcast and i don't want to name names but it's a podcast hating on another podcast, right? So for instance, and we all know, this is the Joe Rogan experience. It will be a podcast that's analyzing what he talked about during his podcast and shitting all over it. I'm like, so this is like a troll cast? Like, what is this? And I got about 15 minutes into one of them and I was like, I would, so th these are just hate, these are just trolls, they're haters. Right. And this is all they're doing. They're, they're focusing on I, I guess someone who is more successful at the podcasting game or the comedian, the stand-up comedy game or whatever, and they're just basically picking them apart. Uh, I, I'm not into that. That's like this whole troll universe that we live in now. You know, that, I can't watch ESPN anymore because nine times out of ten, it's somebody going, that person sucks because, right. you know, it, it's like, ugh, I, it, it's it's such a negative. And, I, and, and you know what? I'd be, before I get called a hypocrite, I know on episode one, I said I couldn't stand Tyson Fury, and I might have used the words, I hate him. But but in that episode, I also stated his performance was brilliant. He's really good. I'm not denying his skills. I'm not denying that he's even uh, not a good person. As a boxer or a boxing personality, not my cup of tea. However, I will be the first to admit that he's a stud, you know? But on these shows, it's just basically not only are they attacking like the person's craft or what they're doing, their art, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. But then they're also like digging up personal information about them and talking about that, whether it be family or a mistake they made 15 years ago. It's like we got to recall all of this stuff to sort of justify us really genuinely and obsessively hating on someone. Have you, did you even, like, I sent you a few. Did you watch any of them? Yeah, I watched them, but I don't, I don't understand what the reasoning for it is. Like, it, it's almost like you can't come up with your own content, so you just look at others' podcast content and find the bad in that. I mean, I understand the this troll thing that is, it's, I mean, being a troll is a huge thing right now. Sure, and it makes money. When you said a while ago that it's coming across your feed now, tell me again how, how it it comes across your feed in YouTube. Like what's the title of the podcast? And is that the podcast themselves titling it that way? Yeah. So they're putting they're they're putting in the title of the thing that they're hating on. But they're doing they're, the but they're doing it in a way because they know they're going to come across two different people in that genre on YouTube. Yeah. If I've watched the Joe Rogan experience enough on YouTube, right? He's automatically going to come up in my feed right. two or three times when I scroll through. Right. So naturally, if his name's in the title of their fifteen, you know, uh, uh, fifteen minute clip of them hating on something from Joe Rogan's podcast, it's going to come up in my feed. Right. But it's not Joe Rogan's podcast; it's theirs. Right. 
So, and I, and I, again, maybe I'm totally late to this, but I, I, it hadn't happened until recently. So I watched 10 to 15 minutes of the first one I ever saw. Um, and I was like, wow, they're really just, they're just going in on this per or this person or these people. They, they're again, there's no real content there. It's just them being haters. I'm a hater too. Don't get me wrong. But again, I, I, I will be the first to say that I'm just, I'm playfully hating. Right. And then the next one I watched, they even, they even went so far as to go, we understand that you like, like they'll kind of like talk about how the person who they were hating on, the fans came to their rescue, right? The fans of the person they're hating on came to that person's rescue. And, you know, they'll do the whole, like, you just live in your parents' basement or you're fat or you don't get laid. And the other, the second one that I watched, it was them sort of acknowledging, yes, I understand. You think we're fat and we don't get laid and we live in our parents' basement. It's almost like, not only am I a troll, not only am I a hater, but I'm going to play into the stereotypes of a troll as well. Wow. And, and I was just like, man, wh where do you go from there? So basically you've built, you've, you've sort of designed a show around being a hater and a troll. And there's no way out of it now because you've sort of, you've, you've acknowledged and you've embraced the idea that, yeah, I am a loser. It's cool. But guess what? But not, so are all of these famous people I'm hating on, right? But not and necessarily. I'm gonna but, one through ten, why, right? Isn't that like the Conor McGregor attitude there for quite a while too, though? Like you say the things that you know people are going to hate because that's what's going to drive people towards you. Yeah, but they don't have opponents, though. They're not in competition with these people, right? Well, kind of. But, it, but it's like they're trying to be. Well, they got to sell the they got to sell the show, but they're right. selling hate. They're selling right you know, negativity. And, and it, I, it's not, not for me, man. Not for me. I <laughs> believe me. I know I can be negative and I try to, I try to reel it in when I am and I'll go back to, you know, if I am being negative, negative, please tell me and I'll go, you know what? You're right. Tyson Fury is a good boxer. I was just, you know, got, got a little sidetracked there because I like Deontay Wilder better. Right. You know, like it's just one of those things, but this is like, it, they've fully embraced it. Uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. And then you brought up, uh, a stand-up comedy special where the first 10 minutes was said comedian shitting on another comedian, right? right? Now, people were laughing a little bit. Yeah, I, I finally yeah. watched it. I, I watched it yesterday, finally, a little bit. Yeah, But I felt like there was even the vibe from the audience, like, why is he telling us this? Yeah, you're it's spending not... 10... And that's what I told you. I was like, all right, this is a one-hour special, and you're going to spend 10 minutes building... And eight of those minutes is building up to... Just, I mean, the whole time it's just shitting on another comic, but it's like eight of those 10 minutes are building up to what's not even really like a punchline or anything. It, or, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like the story was even really sewn up that well before he moved on to the next thing. It was just telling yeah. a story that wasn't really that funny and the crowd knew it. Do you think, it, and again, we don't know, we're never going to know, but do you think that was a horse shit story? Well, let's just talk about what we're, let's just say what we're talking about. These people okay. are famous. We can, we can name these people. Right. So the special we're talking about is Pete Davidson's mm -hmm. Pete Davidson from SNL stand up comedy, uh, was in, uh, dirt, which I, have you watched dirt yet? No. Jesus Christ. All right. We'll move on from that. We'll go back. We'll come back to dirt. Dirt's okay. the Motley Crue movie that was on Netflix. Oh, no, I, I lied. I have seen that. Yes, I have. Sorry. Okay. Pete Davidson was in that. He plays the yeah, manager. That's Whatever. right. So Pete Davidson tells this story about how Louis C.K. ratted him out at SNL for smoking weed. <sighs> really? He, ratted, he thought you were so high on weed that he had to go to Lorne Michaels 
and tell him that, hey, this kid's throwing his career away. He's making me uncomfortable because he's high on weed. Right. I don't know, man. There were so many, like you said, holes in that story. But the whole payoff was, all right, I'm going to spend eight minutes talking about how he threw me under the bus. I thought I thought I was going to get fired. He ratted me out to my boss. And the whole payoff was, glad you got caught jerking off in front of girls. I was like, oh, that was it. Yeah. So there really wasn't a joke. You're just trying to justify your own sort of cunty behavior. Right. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was weird. I finally, <laughs> when you said it, but when you said, when you told me about it, I go, yeah, I heard about that. But he didn't even, it, I hadn't seen this, the stand-up special. I saw he did an interview with Charlemagne the God. And he just basically told the story without the little bit of, I guess there was that payoff in the end. And he said, yes, you know, like, and then I wake up one morning. And that was like, the, I guess that was the punchline. Right. He tells the whole story and he goes, and then I wake up one morning and he pauses, right? I was just sort of like, man, I don't get, I don't, so you're happy that he, and he also, he by the way, the way he like, the way he sort of frames it too is like he, he acts like Louis C.K. is in some sort of pur- purgatory. Like he's not still doing shows. Like people still aren't going to see him. Right. Like he's not on some remote island doing stand up. He's still doing stand up in the United States. He's still like, so like he's acting like, hey, he got what was coming to him. I'm like, no, he's still one of the biggest stand ups in the world. I don't really understand the point of this other than your feelings were, it, to me, it just felt like your feelings were hurt and now you got to bring someone else down with you. My That's my, my thing I, is my thing is too is I'm no comedian and I don't know I don't know how like because every different comedian structures their their punchlines and everything and their their stories differently. But yeah, yeah. If you if you watch Netflix specials anymore, a lot of it is kind of like the way we set up our podcast is like the very beginning before they even do the, it, you know they they tell you who's talking or anything like that. They do like a clip of the the stand-up comedian doing their bit well that was what he chose to put at the very beginning so as soon as you hit that his show on netflix all you're just hearing him start this story and like that's how you started out i feel like he could have put that anywhere else in the show but he wanted to make a point against another comic right out the gate regardless of if that made people dig their you know dig their toes in on it or not like he didn't care if people if that was going to bring people in he just wanted to make that his first story to make sure that he shit on somebody else does that make sense yeah yeah no totally and it it just it to me it just came off as whiny i mean i'm no stand-up comedian either but i watch enough of it and i you know i truly do love being a fan of stand-up comedy that I felt like, all right, leading with that just comes off as sort of, uh, again, just whiny. And so the whole purpose is to get you to sort of feel like as a stand-up comedian, do you really want people feeling sorry for you? Right. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like cut that story down to say three minutes, put it in the middle, and I think it's fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But to spend so much time on it and for the payoff ultimately to be, I'm glad that guy, ultimately that that guy's career got hurt. I'm glad that happened. Well, how would you wish that upon anyone? Because he was, sh- because I, I, again, he claims he was shitty to him. He, he, I mean, he told on you for smoking weed. I just feel like one doesn't justify the other. Right. Like one doesn't warrant the other, but I don't know, man. Like you said, this whole world of, of just negativity. And, and the one thing that I did happen to hear on one of these troll casts, we'll call them, is that I will say this too. So the two or three that I've watched clips of, they really, really go in on Los Angeles. 
Los Angeles comedians, Hollywood in general, they really, really go it. Like that's their sort of their focus. Well, I mean, that, if, uh, if you're going to, you may as well, you know, hit the biggest source. Go big of, or go home. Yeah, right. But they they sort of talk about how what happened to comedians. You know, comedians are so soft. Everyone's getting offended. You can't say anything anymore, right? I hate to go back to it, but when Ari Shafir Ari Shafir made that joke about Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. that was everywhere. I mean, that was everywhere. And he can say what he wants. I didn't really dig it. I didn't really see the humor in it. But I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say what he did was gross, right? thought it was uh, too soon. But guess what? Too soon jokes have been popular for years and years and years and years and years. Some I, comedians have gained their reputation off right. of too soon jokes. Right. You know? Anthony Jeselnik is one of my favorite comedians. I feel like he was like the beginning of that trend. However, I, I don't get offended by those kinds of things. It's just my personality, and I know how to separate things. Like, I get it. You know, it really it took a toll on me that Kobe Bryant died. But I can also sure. see that tweet that Ari Shafir put out, and I'm not really mad at him for what he did because it's just words. It's just a joke. I get it. But Yeah, I mean, even he, if but, you don't think it's funny, right? Like you just said, they're just words. Right. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I was just going to land with it is just I, I, I can separate it, but most people can't. But I feel like now, because of this culture has been built of trying those too soon jokes and things like that, as soon as something happens that's major, I, you know, I follow a lot of comedians on social media and stuff, and it seems like they're just going fighting against each other to try to get the better line and faster line in than the other comedians that are out there regardless of how yeah. bad it is and i and i think i think they they even get worse because they they might put something out and then see somebody else put something out that's worse than what they said and they're like oh well maybe i need to step up my game I'm like jesus christ somebody died like i get what you're doing but somebody died right right yeah i mean he could say what he wants and he's got to sort of uh he's got to uh deal with the consequences you know what i mean but for other comedians, and this is the one thing that I do get is what some of these, you know, these people were saying in these in these podcasts is for other comedians to be disgusted by it or say that he should be banned from clubs or this and that. Like, come on. That I don't agree with. Like, look, I, you can say what you want and you got to like he's dealing with the consequences, just like uh, Louis C.K. did what he did. And he's had to deal with the consequences. And now he's come back from it. Whether he does it again or whether he needs to apologize. I, I mean, how many times does one need to apologize for something, you know? And I get it, man. Kobe Bryant was beloved by a lot of people. I totally get it. Why Why people would be offended. Uh, why people outside of the stand-up comedy community would be offended, right? Right. But for other comedians to sort of, again, sort of blacklist or blackball Ari Shafir because of that. It seemed weird to me. Again, I'm not a part of that community. I just follow it. I'm just a fan. You know, I will say... You know, again, I don't think what he said was funny, but I actually said this to multiple people. I would go, you know what? If I wasn't going to be a dad in a couple of months, I might have heard him say that and not even felt anything. You know, I not felt anything, right? But the fact that I'm going to be a dad and, you know, after the, the new – and I heard that joke or that thing that he said after I found out that Kobe's daughter died, there were other kids that died, other parents that died – so that it, when I heard the news of that, it hit me in a way like, oh man, to not be able to protect your kid, right? That's ultimately, I mean, if I'm on that, 
in that situation, the last thing I, on my mind is going to be, how do I protect my kid? Right. I'm only feeling that because I'm going to be a dad soon. Right. Two years ago, I would have been like, that's terrible. That sucks. And he would have said that. And I would have been like, whoa, went hard. And I, and I would have gone about my day. Right. But the fact that he said it and I knew what I knew and then me thinking about I'm going to be a dad, I was like, God, that's kind of fucked up. But oh, well, he can say what he wants. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what you do if you don't like what he says? Unfollow. If you see his name, don't click it. If you see his oh, face, Jesus don't Christ. click it. Dude, that's what you do. You're, dig- you're digging into my philosophy on social media in general. And I actually made, which you didn't see this because you are not a Facebook guy, but I made a post on Facebook not too long ago that basically stated people don't either people don't realize that they can just unfollow or block somebody or they want to be able to have something to complain about because the, and that's why they keep following people because people make posts complaining about other people's posts yet they don't have to see those posts if they don't want to by just unfollowing that person or blocking that person but then they won't have anything to complain about and they want that they want that and it drives me absolutely insane if i see anybody complaining about somebody else it drives me absolutely insane. Cause I'm like, just, just unfollow, unfreaking follow. So, do you unfollow that person who should have unfollowed? I, I mean, I, 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 wa- I watch it for the entertainment, but I'm not okay. right. You know what I'm saying? And I, yeah. and I, I understand that it's kind of hypocritical because it seems like I made a post that's complaining about people who are complaining about other people. I get it, but that's just like my one post. It's not like an everyday thing where I'm complaining about other people. It's just I'm making a statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're feeding the beast. I hope you realize that. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. But that's for my, but, like I said, that's for my entertainment. Yeah, I, well, dude, look, you choose your own, that's exactly what I mean. So you choose your own form of entertainment. You choose it, right? No one else should be choosing it for you. No one else should be telling you what type of entertainment you should be, you know, enjoying. <clears throat> so that's like, going back to that, just unfollow them. Don't click on it. Don't watch it. If it offends you, don't watch it. You know what I mean? I just watched the joke. Did you have you seen the Joker? I've not. Or Joker? Is it called Joker or the Joker? I think it's just Joker. I think it's but, just Joker. So, and I won't. So I won't give it away since you haven't seen it. But we, I finally watched it, and I remember hearing about just people saying, "This is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. This is the darkest movie I've ever seen." And I was like, an hour in, and I go, "What were they talking about?" But again, what offends me, what disturbs me, completely different than the next person. Do I get why people would be disturbed by that that movie? Absolutely. It didn't have any effect on me. And so much, I didn't really think it was that great. It was okay. I don't need to see it again. Right. Really don't. Right. I looked at looked at my wife and I go, I don't need to see that again. She goes, me neither. It's, it was what it was. So again, you choose the content that you absorb and you choose what offends you and what doesn't offend you. If something offends you, don't watch it. Don't right. click it. Don't listen to that person. Uh, yeah, man, free speech is is, is real. It's, it's a real thing. So like coming out against someone for what they said, what Ari Shafir said wasn't hate speech. Right. And I even saw some people say that it wasn't hate speech. Right. He told it, he, he told, he made an attempt at a too soon joke and perhaps his timing was off. His delivery was off, whatever, you know, but anyway, yeah, man, that's why I stay off Facebook, man. It's just negativity and hate and color and words. It's hey, just like, and it's that. so voyeuristic and it's so like, uh, you know, it's And I know Twitter's the same way. Like when I say that people go, we well, are on Twitter and I'm like, well, I don't follow people that are negative on Twitter. I've, I've used Twitter. Like I follow people that are going to sort of 
give me news or like I, I kind of use it for my, my news updates more than anything else, you know. Right. Uh, and believe me, if someone comes across at, comes across as negative on Twitter, I unfollow them. If it's too much, if it's too much, essentially. Right. Um, but I will agree. I mean, I do follow some people that <laughs> they're comedians and they get kind of negative and they go on these rants. And, you know, it, again, it's not going to offend me. And I do if it is entertainment. So, um, yeah, just unfollow. Unclick it. Don't click it. Like, just leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone. I don't know. I don't know where we how do we start with that oh the the troll cast and then we got on yeah so I, I don't get the troll cast I don't I don't get it it's but you know there's a market for it there are plenty of plenty of haters out there and, and people who need to be surrounded by negativity so the the pro the problem I see with that is that it it if people are watching that and they they watch what they are putting out before they actually watch like the Joe, like if they're if they're shitting on Joe Rogan and then then they go and watch Joe Rogan they already have a preconceived thought about what they're going into to listen to which may be their that might be their thought process that might be what they're trying to do they want you to listen to them first but i don't know if they're trying to like pull viewers away from like Rogan or or what like i don't, I don't know what Good their in, i don't know what their end goal is there you know it, what i'm saying it, it, if they're if they're if the end game is we're gonna pull viewers from Rogan over to us, good luck. Right. Have fun. Right. Have fun trying. Yeah. You're gonna go broke trying. <laughs> he is the king. Uh, but it's such a premeditated thing, right? Like, and a lot of these guys, they'll say like, "Oh, I haven't seen this yet. I don't. I don't watch Joe Rogan's podcast." But then during their whole 15, 20 to twenty-five to thirty minutes of 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 hating, they'll 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 specifically state something from the episode. Like, well, you had to have watched this. Right. So this is all meditative. You have to do your research. Right. What can you say and what can't you say? Well, they can say whatever they want about Joe Rogan, right? Depends on – it doesn't depend on anything, but who follows them depends on the per, that person. So if you don't like it, then like I said, so not for me. I'm not going to continue to watch them. So if they come up in my feed, I'm not going to click, you know. But I was, I was fascinated by it when I first saw it, you know. I didn't know who any of these guys were. I didn't know who they were. And they do, I mean, you know, they have a couple of them that I've watched. They have plenty of subscribers. So I'm sure they're doing quite well for themselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just not really, not for me. And again, I haven't watched full episodes. Maybe they don't spend the entire time, but they're releasing those clips as their own individual clips for a reason. Right. They're getting clicks. They're getting, they're getting views. Like, and that's search engine optimization. If you put Joe Rogan's name in your title, right. it's going to get clicks, right? right. There's just no way around. I mean, that's that's the purpose of doing it. Otherwise, you know, you don't need to do it. But back to something you said, it's like you can't say anything these days anymore. Or you think you said something like that. So did you see the story about the <laughs> the Cleveland sports writer that called Baker Mayfield a midget and got in trouble? You know, I didn't see the actual article. Uh, I know you had sent it over to me and you said that he, he said this and he didn't think that he was on the air. How, how does that work? The microphone, he thought the microphone was off. The microphone was still on. And he was talking to a couple of other guys in the room and basically said, I can't, he called him a midget. He said, he's a fucking midget. <laughs> do, do you think Baker Mayfield was offended by that? Absolutely not. I'm sure he wasn't. Baker Mayfield's winning. But yeah, he was basically talking about other guys that the Browns could have got in the draft. And he said, instead, we drafted this fucking midget or something like that. And then okay. they go, oh, by the way, mics are still on. And then it was this whole thing where he had to apologize. And then, you know, 
the Cleveland Plain Dealer basically removed him. Or no, they didn't remove him. He got removed from something. I guess it was he works for ESPN Cleveland. So they're like a, a flagship of the Browns network or something like that. So he had to apologize saying he was truly sorry for his language and his choice of words. Uh, I, you know, I understand that that word offends people and I get why I get, it's a derogatory term specifically for a group of people. I, um, I understand that, but the lengths that this guy's had to go to, to sort of um, like, if you think that the guy hates midgets because he said that, I'm sorry, excuse me, hates little people because he said that Uh really, do you really do you really think he goes you think he thinks about little people all day and just like can't stand them? So I'm gonna find the perfect opportunity to use that word in a derogatory way and you know and, and I'm gonna get a visceral a visceral reaction out of people. That's gonna be my goal today. Like, no, he does he slipped up, he said a word, and he, and he didn't think about that who it might have offended. You know what I mean? Is he should he lose his job? Right? I I I don't think that he should. I think the apologies and everything, but then again, when it comes to that kind of a situation, when he gives his ap- public apology, does anybody believe that he, like, he probably he probably feels bad for how it came across, but he doesn't feel bad about what he actually said because it was just a statement that took him a second to say, and he was just like he he was just saying something, and he it came across the wrong way, but he was just making a statement. He wasn't really trying yeah. to. Yeah, he doesn't feel a certain way about little people. He feels a certain way about Baker Mayfield. Right. Yeah. His true feelings on Baker Mayfield came out because he thought the mics were off. He right. Thought the cameras were off. They weren't rolling. He goes, you know what? I don't want Baker Mayfield as my quarterback. So he was suspended indefinitely. Right. And so Good Karma Brands owns the radio station that he works for, and they made a statement basically saying we're aware. <laughs> the term he used is derogatory slur to describe little people. <laughs> we do not tolerate derogatory language that demeans others or groups of people. Um, so now they said the company also said it will conduct sensitivity and inclusion training for its employees. <laughs> so now because this guy said midget, the other employees at this company have to go through this training. Right. <laughs> Whoa, that, man. That, that I, topic is something that's been interesting to me for a while because if you think about a reporter who knows that there's millions of people on the other side of that camera that they're looking into and they're on they're on TV day in and day out for you know hours at a time how do you expect somebody to be absolutely perfect and not mess up I'm not saying like call somebody a midget but I'm saying that to say the wrong thing you know, that takes a second to say on accident in the middle of a sentence that you're saying when they're on TV day in and day out. And people are eating this shit up every time that it happens with somebody. And I'm like, give them a break. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, when they're intentionally saying something bad about somebody and it's normally not on the on camera. If it is, it's an accident. Yeah, that's the problem with working for the corporate monster. You can't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> at the, at the I mean, highest levels and you can't make mistakes i get it you can't make mistakes you 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 went to journalism school you went to you took public speaking for a reason right you can't make mistakes right um you can do what we're, we're doing right now nobody we're not gonna nobody's gonna force us through any sort of sensitivity training right now right so, and i can i can edit uh, out anything that i want <laughs> you better not though <laughs> don't edit out me saying <laughs> midget. <laughs> and, and realizing my mistake and, and saying little people i i Really, really, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Again, the guy doesn't. The guy doesn't genuinely hate little people, right? 
he genuinely doesn't like the quarterback that the team that he covers has right now. That's what happened. Right. And it was, it was a mistake, but look, man, you, you work for good karma brands. Can't make those mistakes. So. Do you have a, any kind of emotional attachment to Baker Mayfield? I mean, being a Cleveland guy, are you a fan or no? We don't have so to go this deep. is a true story. Okay. So I was on a plane, uh, watching that draft. Um, I was flying back from DC and so I was watching it on my phone because I wanted to know who the Browns took, right? So this is a true story. So I'm on the plane. It's the Browns pick. The pick is in. Here they come. They're announcing it. And the Browns choose Baker Mayfield, quarterback uh, out of Oklahoma. And I audibly on the plane went, motherfucker, <laughs> like that. And everyone turned around and looked at me. And they were like, what is going on with this dude? I was, I, so to answer your question, at first, I did not want him. No, I wanted them to take someone else. Uh, but then he, I came, I came around on him because he was on Colin Coward's show, and Colin Coward was basically insinuating that he's not a good teammate, and Baker Mayfield wasn't having it. And he was like, "You just showed a 15 second clip of me scoring a touchdown and then celebrating by myself, but you didn't show the next 30 seconds of the clip where I'm celebrating with my teammates, my coaches, the fans." He's like, so you're just trying to, what you're trying to do, you're showing an out-of-context clip, and you're trying to uh, try to get the general public to make assumptions about my character, and you're wrong. When he did that, I was like, ooh, okay, I'm with you, dude. All right, stand up for yourself. I like that, because a lot of guys wouldn't do that. They would fumble through it, and he would sort of, but Baker Mayfield's actually pretty good with the media, and he will, he's not afraid to go, I'm not, that's a stupid question. What are we talking about here? So he kind of won me over on that. And then, I mean, with this play, last season was rough. I'm not going to lie. Is he the quarterback of the future? I think he has I think he has a, a low ceiling. I think he has this year to prove himself. And I think that's, I think that's probably going to be it. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, um, I mean he, he had a pretty exceptional first year. It, it, I say exceptional based off of the previous years, like what he was, was able to do for Cleveland based off of, you know, the previous years. But it seems like over the past 10 years or so that there's a lot of quarterbacks that come in that have a pretty, pretty dang good first year or two. And then I don't know if it's their game just doesn't improve or the league continues to improve or they just figure out their that quarterback style and they know how to shut them down. But like even your Colin Kaepernick's and your RG3s and, and you know, these guys started out, you know, they came out hard and then now and then just kind of deflated over a short amount of time. Yeah. And I mean, those guys too, like Baker Mayfield, he, he can kind of play that day. Well, the, to, the two guys you just said, Kaepernick and RG3, like Kaepernick can kind of play that run throw style, but they want him to be a pocket passer. And that's how he, that's where he digressed last season when he was a pocket passer he didn't read defense as well. He made a lot of mistakes. I mean, he did. I mean, he just did. He made. He didn't make a lot of the throws that he made the year before. He wasn't playing as loose though. He had not the year. The the year prior, the previous year, he had nothing to lose. Right. Right. Uh, last year, there were a lot of expectations. I mean, there were people, dare I say, talking about not only Browns playoffs but contending for the Super Bowl. Now, I thought those people were delusional and <laughs> batshit insane. Yeah. But. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought playoffs. I, I, why not? Why not? Um, cause I knew it would only take, you know, to win the division. I didn't expect Baltimore to be as good as they were. 
that was probably my something. Well, I expect him to be good, but I didn't expect him to be that good. Uh, Jackson's a, a beast. But, yeah, and kind of came out of nowhere, um, it seems like, but yeah. He's a stud, man. Yeah, he was he good. I mean, I, yeah, I, they're going to be, they're going to be tough next year. So it's not going to get any, any easier on Mayfield and the Browns, but new coach, new GM, everything's sort of, they kind of think that they can turn Baker Mayfield into a system quarterback and, and, you know, make him sort of that guy. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, 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 as a, again, we, we don't need to spend any more time talking about Cleveland sports teams, but as a Cleveland sports fan, you know, not to get your hopes up too much. Right. Because it just leads to heartache. Heartache. <laughs> well, <So>. But <laughs> while we're in the, you know, talking about football in general, uh, what's your what's your take on XFL so far? The league in general, but also um, the Battle Hawks or the Rat Hawks, as you say. Did I call them that? Yeah, I think you were just doing that to piss me off. Oh, okay. Because you were cacawing at me. I was a lot. Oh, that's, that's so annoying. <laughs> um you know it's coming like more now that you say that. Yeah, I've watched a few, not full games. I've watched a few games, a couple of quarters. I like it, man. I think it's cool. I think it's good. The guys, well, from what I can see anyway, you know, we're, what, four games into the season? Yeah, we're three and one. These are guys that want to play. They want to be playing football. So the, the, it looks competitive to me. And there are a couple of guys that are really, really shining in the moment. A lot of these guys, too, want to get back. If they were in the NFL, they want to get back. If they weren't, they want to get there. The uh, Tamu, uh, the Battle Hawks quarterback, said uh-huh. that yesterday in his post game interview. He said, "You know, my goal is to get back," and he's talking about the NFL, right? So he doesn't have like, you know, a deep ambition to be in the XF- XFL for his career. He doesn't want it to be the ending of his career. He wants it to catapult him into the NFL, right? So these guys are playing hard. They're playing to win. Like it's cool to see. It's fun to see, and the fact that we have football in St. Louis and people are showing up. I don't want to get negative about it at all. Uh, I hope, I hope that if they don't continue to win, that people still show up, right? Yeah. Because that's what happened in this town. The Rams started stinking, they started losing, and people didn't go. People can say what they want about, oh, uh, screw Cronky. You know, the people with the Cronky dials on nooses in week one, uh, the first game at home, can we stop? Can we move on? How old are we? What are we, 10? Can we please move on? Like, guys are, like, doing, like, elbow drops on the tables on the Cronky dials. It's yeah, like, I we, I'll get I'll give it to him for that first week, because it yeah. it was like the first home game week. I'll I'll give it to him for that. A- after that, it does get, it does get a little old. It's like okay, the Battle Hawks are here now. The Rams are haven't gone for long enough. It's it's over with now. It's time to move on. Right. But uh, my hope is that if they start to lose, people still show up. For now, people seem excited about it. Like I was at a bar yesterday watching a, a little bit of it. I only watched you know. Uh, like the first quarter, started the second quarter, and then I went home and put it on at home. But uh, there were a few people there. I mean, there were people in their Battlehawks gear. I saw a dog. I was at a dog-friendly place, so you can bring dogs into the place. And nice. Guy had a bulldog with a, a Battlehawks jersey on. You know, cool. it, <laughs> That's awesome. It was cool to see, but people were kakaing behind me, and I wanted to <laughs> choke them. They're kakaing as you're texting that to me. I wanted to throw my. I wanted to put you on Facetime and then throw my phone at them. Um, oh, that's funny. Other than the cacao, I'm in. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. What about what about them calling the dome the battle dome? Are you with that or no? Sure. Whatever keeps the dome open, I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's, we we dusted it off. It's being used for something other than what storage. What was it? What I, what happened at the I dome before? I'm not even Did sure. Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift played there. Oh really? So yeah. 
But so, no, something, I'm into it, man. something I'm kind of excited for from what I've seen on social media, I've seen people talking about people who don't have teams like Chicago, like, you know, Illinois doesn't have a Chicago team or anything like that. I've seen a lot of Illinois people jump on the bandwagon for Battle Hawks and stuff like that. Now, could they fall off? Yes. If Chicago does get a team within the next couple of years, you know, will they, you know, fall off of the Battle Hawks? Probably. But for right now, we're selling, you know, we're putting almost 29,000 butts in seats in the dome, which is pretty freaking awesome for a team that nobody knew what was going to happen with them yet. And we, I mean, so we still don't, it could be, I mean, we're, we look good right now, but you never know. Yeah, no, it, it but it, it, but it's interesting because it's a shorter season, less mm-hmm. teams right now. It seems, you know, did Houston, Houston plays today against They're Dallas. Two and no. No. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. PJ Tucker. That's their quarterback, right? Is, is it, that his name? Is it Tucker? Tucker or Walker, whatever it is. Yeah. He looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, so far. Um, I, I was sort of, I had a, the reason that I, the first game that I watched was the, the DC game. Cause they had Cardell Jones as their quarterback. So I have that Ohio state sort of okay. attachment to him. He's looks good. Although last week he threw four picks, I think so. Oh, Jesus. But, um, yeah, man, it, it looks fun. It, it, you know, um, there was a part of me that wanted to, I was going to actually thinking about buying a ticket and going yesterday, but I had other stuff I had to get done and then I lost track of time. And so that was that, but I'd like to go, man. I, I love football. Like I'm one of those people too. Like I don't play fantasy football. I don't do fantasy sports. Right. And it was actually funny. Someone said to me, they go, so you mean you just like watch football to watch football? And I go, yeah, man, that's the point. Yeah. I don't need to be emotionally invested in every team I watch. I like the game of football. I can watch, you know, the, I can watch Jacksonville play Oakland or something. You know, I'm just thinking of two teams who were bad last year. Right. I can watch that game. I can have it on and I can, I can watch it i like football i don't need i don't need this other sort of thing i don't need this other thing to consume my life in order for me to even watch the games i just don't need it so yeah the fact that football's here i'm in i'm on board yeah what do you what do you think about the the gameplay differences between that and the nfl like as far as kickoffs go and you know not having field goals after touchdowns and the the interviews that they're doing on the sidelines and stuff like that I, well, the first few, so that uh, the, well, let me start with this. The kickoff thing, I love actually. I do too. I think it's I think it's a cool idea. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that might limit just a little bit the amount of injuries people are sustaining during kickoffs. The way that they're doing it now. The way they're lined up, you mean? In the, the way they're the lined up, center of the field, you can't right. move until the guy catches the ball instead of your full steam ahead. Right. Um, now again, the guys are still going to get injured regardless. These are grown men who you know. They're, they're basically weapons on the field, right, um, that are running headfirst into, into each other. So somebody's going to get hurt. But I think it's going to limit just a little bit the amount of injuries you see. So I love the kickoffs. Um, I love the no extra point thing after touch uh, after touchdowns. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's better for the fans. I, I, I want field goals to be eliminated from football altogether. Really? I don't, I don't like field goals. I don't. I don't think a team should win a game with a field goal. I don't think they should be able to. That's just me being sort of heartbroken over all the games I've seen that were won against me because of a field goal. I just, I don't like it. So I hope that happens someday. The interviews on the sidelines, I think the first few weeks, they were rough. They were very, it was way too many. But now I, I like it. And the other thing that I like too, and I, I caught a glimpse of this yesterday, 
uh, from the Seattle coach is you're getting the play, you're hearing the coach call the plays from the sidelines. Yeah. Like the viewer is. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's cool. I think that gives the 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 viewer an insight into the game that they didn't have before. I think it, it it's interesting. Now, the the stuff that are going out twenty two battle rally cat, you know whatever he's calling. Like, yeah. does it mean anything to me? Probably not. But it's still cool to see them work. I mean, to yeah. see these guys actually put together an offense and call it, you know, live during a game. That's interesting to me, anyway. Now, again, I like football. To the person who's sort of the casual. What is this all about? Maybe that they're like, what is this? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's not necessarily supposed to make sense to you. If it made sense to you, then everyone could do it. Right. Well, and everyone could could predict what that offense, that play is going to be, right? Yeah. But, even, even some of the commentators, though, they're trying to kind of break it down a little bit for the 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 viewer of the game because, like, there you know, there's key words in those plays. Like you just you know said four words to name a play, but there's key words that might mean run or pass or something like that. So if you watch right. a team long enough and you kind of soak in the what they're saying on each play, you can even get more invested in it because you're like, oh, I know what they're going to do right now. The thing, and this is kind of conspiracy talk, I guess, because of the stuff that I've we heard about in the NFL and all those kinds of things, but when it comes to like saying plays, I know that the other team, like if the coach is telling the quarterback what the play is right now, I know the other team can't hear that, but what's to stop them from being able to cheat very easily by by somebody on the sidelines watching audio of the game? You know what I'm saying? I'm it's just saying not I, what you do, it's how you do it. Okay. Right? Meaning what? So it kind of goes back to uh, the whole idea that the Patriots are cheaters. Going back to that Super Bowl with the Rams, it's like they knew what the Rams were going to run. Okay. Well, they still have to execute. The offense still has to execute. The defense still has to execute. Right. So, again, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Yeah. You know, I can tell you what offense I'm going to run, but I still have to run it. Right. You still have to stop me. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, that's sort of that a, an old fashioned way of thinking about things, but, you know, that's a good question, though. <laughs> let's talk about the Astros. Let's, oh, let's, let's transition. That's a great question because, man, the Astros are not liked by their peers right now, huh? They've been no. hit like what, seven times and. Six games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Saw the Cardinals even. Uh, who was it? Bregman that got hit by the Cardinals. Yes. Or was it Springer? I think it was Bre- the- Bregman. From the article Bregman. that you sent me, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. How you feel about this? So the, far, nothing happened. The, the whole thing in general, or or uh, players getting hit by pitches. Well, how do you feel about them getting hit? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's really- <laughs> I was in Michigan recently, and I was I was eating dinner. I was sitting at the bar at this place, and there are these two ladies, like even I think probably older than middle age. They were probably in their sixties, right? Had a, had the uh, we've had a few too many wines volume to their voices, right? Mm-hmm. A little too much wine volume. So they the lady was talking about. She went to the bartender. So one of the ladies goes to the bartender, sir. Are you a baseball fan? He goes, yes. Do you think the Astros should get their World Series title taken away from them? Because she does. This lady was all fired up, and she's you know screaming and hollering about it. And he goes, "No, I don't think so." And the lady was the lady was like offended that he said no. She goes, "I can't believe you don't think." And he kind of explained like um, they still had to win it, right? They still had to uh, to perform every game. 
offensively, defensively, pitchers, batters, blah, 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 blah. No, I don't think their World Series should be taken away. I think they should be fined and this and that. So I'm listening, and I'm like, geez, I hope this drunk lady doesn't ask me my opinion. <laughs> and she didn't, thank God. But I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you know what, to me, the best punishment is, is their peers sort of stepping up and calling them out for what they did. And yeah. that's exactly what's happened. Guys like Mike Trout have spoken out about it, who was the uh, recently, well, I, Mike Trout's a huge one. I mean, he's arguably the best player in baseball. So the fact that he spoke out, but, but all these guys are speaking out and now we're seeing it in the games. You know, these guys aren't happy that you did what you did. You're going to have to deal with the consequences. If the it, it, bottom line is uh, what it was tweeted about, you know, uh, I don't know who the pitcher was for the Cardinals that did it. Pretty sure he was a double A guy, but triple A guy. But when he hit him, someone tweeted it out and they, it was sort of like the, the message behind it was, and it continues, blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, and dot, 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 that's baseball. Right. And until someone gets hurt, you're just going to have to deal with it. Right. And the idea isn't to hurt them. The idea is just to let them know, like, hey, we're not happy with what you did. Sorry. That's baseball. Right. Um, and if the guy, the the pitcher gets suspended, then they get suspended. That's on them. That's the, you know, a lot of these guys have been hit by off speed pitches, too. So it's not like anyone's going up there and throwing fireballs at their heads. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is funny. It is funny. But. I mean, what do you want continuing once, too far into the regular season though? Once the investigation is completely done, what do you think is going to actually happen? Do you think the, their uh, title is going to be taken away? No. So some things that I've seen is kind of like there's no there's nothing in the rule books against what they've done, and that this could just like nothing could really come from it. It would just be that this is going to be the example and now things are going to be added into the rule book because this has happened. But they don't but they can't really punish them accordingly because there's nothing there's no standard to punish them with because this has never happened before. Yeah, uh, you can use this situation to set a precedent and that's the other thing why I don't think the World Series title should be taken away. We don't know who else was doing it. Yeah. They just happen to be the ones that got caught. Right. Right. And it kind of made me think about the whole steroid steroids conversation in baseball too. Who cares? Let everyone do steroids if they want to. Right. You know what I mean? Um, the bottom line is, look, yeah, you're going to have more power, but you still have to hit the ball. You still have to see it. You still have to hit it. And you don't know if that pitcher's on steroids too, right? right. We don't know how many pitchers who were pitching to Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these guys who were accused of cheating because of steroids. We don't know how many pitchers were on steroids, Right. right. What about the guy that struck him out? Sammy Sosa strikes out three times in a game. So did we look at that pitcher? How come we didn't accuse that pitcher of being on steroids? Because he actually struck him out three times. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think what the Astros did de-levels the playing field, the idea behind it, and conceptually speaking. But again, we don't know who else was doing the same shit, right? So because of that, I think you set the precedent now, right? If you want to change the rules, okay, maybe. Maybe you rewrite a small part of the rule book, um, then you, their peers have spoken out, and now they're suffering the consequences. And again, who who's to say that another team goes, you know, they did it, but I think we could do it better. Let's go ahead and give it a shot, right? right. We don't know. There could be there could be teams out there saying that, right. saying, we've tried it. We didn't get caught. Here's what we've learned from their mistakes. Now let's go ahead and try it again, right? Right. To, to, to think that other people don't cheat and that there hasn't been cheating in baseball since the beginning of baseball time is ridiculous. 
Right. It's it's always been around. It's always going to be around. People are always going to look for the edge. And in most sports, they do, right? They're going to be looking for that edge to win. So, no, you don't take the World Series title away. But – and I, I I think the best punishment, punishment, honestly, is their players speaking out about it. And there's – the unwritten rule in baseball is if you – the problem is there's a generational gap now in baseball. The new generation of baseball loves when people pose when a guy hits hits a home run when their team's down six runs in the eighth inning, right? Right? Just show up the pitcher. That's accepted now widely in baseball. And the whole the whole thing behind it is, well, that's baseball now, right? I remember I saw a video, Madison Baumgartner. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Muncie. But someone hit a home run off of him in the first inning of a game. Uh, someone on the Dodgers, right, hit it into the the uh, the bay in San Francisco, and the guy he kind of admired it a little bit. I mean, it wasn't egregious; like he wasn't like posing. He didn't look at Madison. He just kind of he was looking at the ball. He was like, "Wow, got a hold of that one." And Madison Baumgartner was like, "Get down the fucking base!" But like you could <laughs> read his lips. He's screaming at him, like, "Get down the fucking base path, run!" Like, right. and the guy was like, "What did I do? What are, what are you talking about?" And the video that I watched that sort of assessed that was like Madison Baumgartner's from the old school. He doesn't he can't handle this new generation of players. I'm like, well, look, that may be true, but guess what? The unwritten rule in baseball is this. Hey, if you pose, if you pose on me and I'm a pitcher, if I see you again, you're getting one to the five. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're, you're you're getting you're getting the fastball to the ass. Right. That's baseball. Right. And that's never gonna go away. So look pose all you want like jose batista you know against the rangers in the playoffs in uh 2016 right was it 2016 when he you know he flipped the bat i mean he didn't just flip the bat he might as well have spiked the bat like a football like he not only did he stare at the ball he stared at the pitcher and then he spiked the bat i mean he threw the bat and uh next season sliding into second got a little aggressive and Rugen Odor said well here's one to the job big guy yeah that's baseball dude like uh, you know so say what you want if whatever whatever generation you come from you got to deal with the consequences because there are unwritten rules in baseball so now the unwritten rule around this is the precedent has been set right deal with the consequences and don't be surprised if another team not only is doing it but does it better right there's cheating in baseball. There just is. Right. There's never not going to be cheating. So, right. I don't know. Well, to uh, bring this back around to MMA, because we had fights last night and we've got a big card coming up next weekend and stuff too, but kind of on the same topics we're talking now, I want to talk about, I assume that you are against steroid use in the NMMA, in UFC, but... I, I don't know I don't know if me and you have ever actually sat down and had this conversation before. You say in baseball, let them all do it if they want to. I want to I want to get your take on as far as NF, MMA goes. Is it only bad because not everybody will do it, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like it, like should you give everybody the option to do it and then just go from there, or should they keep it the way it is and? you know, get anybody who has the absolute, what, picogram, tiniest amount of something in their system. Yeah. I, so taking it back to like the pride days when everyone was on like fucking beaver tranquilizers and mm -hmm. just, just all the Mexican their, supplements, <laughs> their shoulders were above their head. And <laughs> you know, man, I look, I mean, I, I like the, the way that they do things now with the testing that they have and sort of restricting 
what guys can get away with. I mean, if there's if there's one sport, well, a couple of sports, two sports where I think that, look, if one guy's on steroids, then damn it, the other guy needs to be too, right? I think it's an unfair advantage in fighting. Right. It just it just is. I you know. Now again, in fighting, you still have to execute. You know, you still have to execute a game plan. You still have to land strikes. You still have to defend. You have to defend takedowns. You have your your jujitsu needs to be, you know, top notch. All these things, but if you're a guy, if all of those things are top notch, and you're fighting another guy who's all of those things are top notch, but he has that extra competitive edge of being on steroids, man, that's tough. That's that's a that's a slippery slope, man. Like I. I like the fact that in the UFC, I, we don't know about some of the other organizations because they don't have the same testing. But I like the fact that in the UFC that they're all on the same testing. They get tested. They're trying to they're trying to keep it away from the sport and away from the organization. I, I I'm okay with it, right? And if you get caught, you get caught. You gotta again, you gotta so you pay the price of getting caught because believe me, there are guys who are like, I'm not I'm not gonna do it. They just plain won't do it. They're against it. You know, like look at a guy like Nate, Nate Diaz is never going to take steroids. <laughs> he's not. He's right. just not. Right. He's never going to. It, it, there's never going to be a time. And, and, and again, this is just me guessing, but there's never going to be a time where he goes. Like, say he fights McGregor for a third time. Right. There's nothing. And this is just, again, me sort of making an educated guess about his character from what I've seen all of these years watching him fight and do interviews and the things that he does and talks about. There's not going to be anything that crosses his mind that goes, you know what? For me to beat McGregor in this third fight, I need that extra edge. I need right. that extra competitive edge. I don't. I don't see it. So there are guys that there are fighters that are like Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone's never going to do steroids. Right. Right. We know that from. We just know. You can tell that about his character just by watching him. Right. So, but there are some guys who feel that's. I need it. I'm going to do it. You know. There seems to be a specific part of the globe where this seems to be – it seems to be more accepted and guys try to get away with it. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, and you can try and, and guess where I'm, I'm, I'm going to here. But I, there seems to be a specific part of the world where fighters come from where they tend to get on, on the shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My, my thing just is, is – I mean, I understand that they understand that they're taking a major risk by doing it, but to time it when your piss tests and stuff are supposed to be uh, anonymous and you're not really you're not supposed to know when they come, right? That that seems like such. I mean, I, I guess they feel like the you know the the risk doesn't outweigh weigh the reward if they are able to get by with it. But I don't know. It just it seems to me like they're they're really risking something major to, you know, to do something like that when they don't know when those tests are going to be coming. Yeah. And, and the thing about it too is, you know, what really, really kind of hurt the entire situation. It, it, well, it, it put a black mark on it is the fact that John Jones was one of the guys that, you know, he's not only is he surrounded by controversy because of the things he's done in the past, but because there was the testing positive, because he's such a high-level guy and he's arguably the GOAT, the fact that it's attached to his name really makes it sort of – you really got to be careful if you're anyone else, right? I, th I felt like it brought it more attention because it happened to such a high-level guy. It right. didn't happen to a B-level fighter. You know, It has happened to B-level fighters, but the fact that his name is attached to it in MMA, it's, it's, it, it made it uh, – it, it established it as something that – 
needed to be regulated, needed it needed to be it needed the attention it deserved. Right. But yeah, man, I, I like the fact that they're again trying to keep guys off of it. Um, now again, if they go, it's the Wild West. Everyone gets to do it. Am I going to stop watching MMA because of that? No. Am I going to stop following the UFC because of that? No. Dude, can, so, you, can you imagine guys like Yoel Romero actually getting on the sauce for a while? He's, I don't want to imagine he's that. Sca- he scares me now, much less. That gives me Jesus. nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the fights last night. Uh-huh. No one, no one on that card was was juicing, right? <laughs> for sure. I don't maybe, but you know, how, do you? How bad do you feel for Joseph Benavides? Because my 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 heart is broken for that dude. He seems like such a nice nice guy. Right. And I mean, are, is your heart broken because he didn't win the title, or just because he lost? Like, if, if this wasn't a title fight, would you still feel the same, or do you feel more heartbroken because of Figueredo, you know, missing weight and he wasn't even fighting for the title? Well, the fact that that guy missed weight and then fought, and again, his performance was great. He beat a legend. I mean, Joseph Benavidez. Arguably, if you if you have a top five guys, top five fighters, to never win a title, right? He's on that list easily. Right. But for him to miss weight and then sort of act like he's the champ now, like he his post fight interviews, he goes, "I won the title because I won the fight. Doesn't matter if I miss." He's sort of sort of he's glossing over this whole idea that he missed weight. It's like, no, you weren't professional enough to make weight. Right. I get it that he, yeah, he didn't win the title because he didn't make weight. And if Benavides had won, my heart is just broken because it was his third, third title fight. He's 35 years old. He's not likely, he's not going to get another title shot now. And for him to lose the way that he did, I mean, clearly that, that clash of heads had him concussed. Yeah. Right. He was out of sorts. I mean, yeah. he didn't see that right hand coming. Uh-uh. You know, he just got drilled by it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, my, I feel bad. Like I said, he just seems like such a nice dude. He's such a talented fighter. He's been doing it for so long. You know, well, to, to kind of explain, I guess we didn't really explain what happened. So Henry Cejudo had the title in the flyweight division. He moved up to bantamweight, well, dropped the title. Yeah. Well, that's debatable if he truly was the flyweight champion. OK, well, in, in uh, my uh, mind, he never beat Demetrius Johnson. Okay. So I'll, I'll give but. you that. But regardless, he had the title. He bumped up to bantamweight, dropped the flyweight title. So it was just sitting there waiting for somebody to grab it. And then. Yeah. Benavidez and Figueredo yes or uh weighed in. Figueredo did not make weight, which means that he lost thirty percent of the purse also on top of the fact that he actually was not fighting for the title because he missed weight. But but if Benavidez would have won, he would have won the title. Right. Which is such a weird situation. It is weird. And I mean the, what to me if you're a guy if I'm Benavidez, I don't have an incentive to fight that guy now. He missed weight. I'm fighting for a title. I want it to be an even playing field. Not only did he miss weight, he missed by two and a half pounds. Right. So that's not like he went to the very last minute and missed by just a, a you know a hair. Like he they quit. He had an hour left, and they basically quit because he had cramps. So to me, again, missed. But he wasn't humble in in the victory. Like to me, if it's me and I miss weight by two and a half pounds, I destroy a legend like that. I don't win the title. So now the title's in limbo. What does it do? Does it go back to Cejudo? Right? What what happens? Does the flyweight vision even stick around, or do we make all those flyweights fight at bantamweight now? Like, what even happens? So uh, for let, him let, to let do me, that, let me ask you this, and this would piss me off, but I, I'm curious if this could happen. Could they put another person in line to replace the position that Benavidez was in and give Figueroa another shot? Yes. 
They give no, they, they, they give very well they give him another fight, and if he if he makes weight and wins that one, he wins the title. No, I think they should do that. You think um, so? God, I don't. I don't think so. I think he. I think he ruined his shot the first time. Well, look. The, the only reason I say that I think they should do that is because, and whether it's well, I, I don't think Cejudo is going to fight at one twenty five again. He had a hard time making that weight anyway. He's been partying. He's been taking selfies on yachts and shit. I mean, he's, <laughs> he look. He looks like he put on thirty pounds. Yeah, easily. Yeah, he's walking around at one sixty right now. There's no doubt in my mind. So the fact I don't think he's gonna go back down to to uh, flyweight anyway. So I don't have a problem with them uh, waiting for the next the next guy to come along. And to be honest with you, there's a guy fighting on March March 14th, or two guys fighting on March 14th that I think. Let's be honest, I wouldn't if they want to do it. So UCA Formiga is fighting Brandon Moreno. I think the winner of that fight could very well challenge Figueiredo for the, for the title. I don't see why not. Moreno would be interesting too because he's a young guy. He's got an exciting style. He does everything well, and he's got that whole again travels well. His fans travel well. He's got the whole Mexican fan base behind him too. So, I would be for that. I would love to see Moreno, and I have nothing against UCA Formiga. He's a stud, but he just got you know waxed by Benavidez. So like, if he wins the decision over Moreno, that's going to be a tough sell. But if Moreno can get a finish. Why not do it? Let's do it. Yeah. Why not? You know, there are plenty of good guys in that in that division. They, there are. The problem is, is the UFC, and this is, again, just my opinion, they have not known how to market that division at all. The fact that Mighty Mouse wasn't a pay-per-view star, or at, least, at the very least a star, is is crazy. I mean, he's top two, I mean, top two of all time. Absolutely. He has to be. Absolutely. He has to be. Yeah. So the fact that, I mean, they, they, you got to think about it this way. They let him go. They let him go. He was the, the champ for how many years, you know? And again, he loses a weird split decision to Henry Cejudo, a guy who he already beat, a guy who he already finished. And again, I, the term you got to beat the champ to be the champ, does it apply to some people? Does it at least apply to the guys like John Jones and Demetrius Johnson you know, these guys that have defended their belt for so long. It was like the UFC was just itching to get someone else in there. Right. You know, and again, I'm not calling conspiracy, but that looking back, thinking back to that fight, that was such a weird, you know, and I think one of the judges gave four rounds to Cejudo, if I'm remembering correctly. But like it was a weird, I was like, did you really think he won four rounds of that fight? Like, right. really? Right. Like, what are, we, what, what are we watching? I just feel like they haven't found a way to market that division. And I think that, well, look, you got to look at it this way. There's a story now. This guy had a, a chance to win the title, didn't win the title because he was unprofessional and couldn't make weight. So you know what? We're going to give this guy one more chance, right? We're going to give him one more shot. Yeah, but, the, here's a, but see, why, here's a young lion in the process. But why that pisses me off is because now it's going to make him, he, he missed weight, and that's why he does not hold the title right now. If he makes weight on the next fight and he wins the title, now he's going to be more humbled and feel better because it's going to look like he had to fight for the title twice to get it, and he finally got it. Really? I don't think that's a hero story. That's not. You fucked up the first time. I know you I'm don't. I'm not saying I know. it's a hero story. I don't think it's a hero story at all, but I do think it's a story that gets people involved in whatever fight they, they try to sell, right? Right. Yeah. Here's your, here's your second chance, right? And I don't think they need to paint the picture like he's, he's the real champ. I don't think they should. I think they should paint the picture like you missed weight, you fucked up, 
here's your shot at redemption, but don't think it's going to be handed to you, right? right? They can angle it. I mean, look, man, they got they have marketing people for a reason. They can angle it in a way where you could sell. Like I said, the guy he fights, if that guy's coming off a finish, in, you know, in spectacular fashion, you could sell the fights. I mean, it, I mean, like I said, Brandon Moreno is a guy that I've got my eye on, but there's also Oscar Oscarov. There's Kai Kara France who just won a big fight. There are guys there. They just need to find a way to market these guys. Figueiredo did not do himself any favors last night at all. He didn't. So, I think if you want the belt, if you want to be called the champ, which he's already calling himself the champ, stop. You got to earn it, right? Right. So, what, what, so to to flip the script a little bit on fights, the that Megan Anderson fight last night. You know, you had we were texting back and forth during the fight, and you had said that you thought Megan Anderson was going to call out Amanda Nunez right after the fight, after she won. Uh, and if she would have had the chance, she may have. However. Michael Bisbee walks in and offers that information to her and basically says, you know, do you want to call her out now? What do you think? What yeah. do you think about about that? Should should they be should the UFC be pushing for fighters to call out somebody else or should that calling out thing just go away? Like, should you not be able to have a chance to call out who you want to fight next? Should the UFC make that call? Uh, I mean, you can say what you want in the in the octagon, but, uh, you know, the call out things become kind of stale to me, to be honest. Yeah. It's still fun for the, the the it's still fun for a lot of fans, especially the casual fan. Uh, for Bisming to go in there and, and kind of offer, uh, yeah, that was kind of weird. I, uh, you know, I did expect her to do. I knew she was going to do it, and especially, I mean, she the way that she won the way that she won, she knocks a girl out with one punch. There aren't a lot of featherweights, female featherweights in the UFC. Yeah. There just aren't. There's Megan Anderson. There's Felicia Spencer who won last night as well. Uh, impressive performance. Felicia Spencer beat Megan Anderson. So who gets the shot, if if at all? And Nunez was tweeting during the event, you know, saying, oh, they both looked impressive. I don't care who I get, right? But there aren't a lot of feather, female featherweights. I don't know. I, I don't know who sells the fight better. Probably, probably Megan Anderson just because of – I'd say because of the way she looks. She's tatted up. She's big. And the way that she just performed. But, again, Felicia, Felicia Spencer submitted her. You know, Spencer lost to Cyborg. She didn't look terrible. She got beat up, but she showed a lot of heart, so there's that angle they could pull. Where do they both stand in the rankings? I know UFC rankings suck, but where does Megan stand compared to... Well, the rankings are confusing in general, right? Right. You know, like, what, what do they even mean? So, <laughs> the featherweight <laughs> rankings are, are as as goes like this. Do you want to know how they go? Yeah, do it. There aren't rankings. Oh, so that makes sense on... Uh... There aren't rankings right now in the featherweight division. What the hell? Why? I, because there aren't, enough, there aren't enough fighters to even have a top 10 or a top 15. I gotcha. So. Okay, so I'm going to have you actually pronounce the names on these guys again because you're better at this. E, is it Eon? Eon Kutalaba? Eon Kutalaba. Okay. And Magomed Ankilov. But anyways, so they were on that card last night also, and a very, very, one of the weirder controversial decisions that I've seen a ref make. Because he was, uh, is it Eon or Ion? I, I'm not going to get this. Uh, is Ion? Ewan. E- there, there's no W in there. I know there's not. That's how they say his name, <laughs> so bro. Ewan? Ewan? You can just call him Ion. Okay, anyways, he was he was still standing... 
Now he was wobbly on his feet. I will give you. I will give you that. And his eyes were. And his eyes were rolled into the back of his head a little bit. So the ref seen that, but in the midst of that, he's still throwing bombs. He's still Bomb. swinging both hand, both arms. Were they Bomb. were they calculated? No, not by any means. But if they Maybe. landed, it was going to, you know, it was going to produce severe damage. And the ref still called it a, a standing TKO off of, off of strikes. I did not the, agree with that at all. The craziest thing is, is he stepped in to call it that while he's throwing a haymaker. Yeah, that was a the really ref dumb nearly idea. Got knocked out. Kevin McDonald nearly got knocked out. Yeah. While trying to call that fight. So Kutilaba said in his post-fight interview that it was all part of his plan. So he was actually doing it on purpose, acting sort of wobbled, um, acting like he was a little bit out of it to draw Akilov in and land some of those big shots. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, again, is that a good strategy? Maybe. Is it a bad strategy if you have a ref who was quick on the trigger like last night? No, terrible strategy because he, but I've seen him do that in fights before. He was doing that against Jared Cannonier, which was actually, it's a, it was a great, it's in, in my like, we're obviously not going to name these now, but it's probably in my like top 20, close to being in my top 20 fights of all time. It was a back and forth battle and he was doing that. He was acting like he was hurt more than he was so he could get Cannonier to come in. There, one one of those moments last night, he did look like he was hurt, and then some of them I could see him saying that that's he was doing it on purpose. The the kick that landed. The reason that I'm saying he looked hurt is because when the kick landed, his hands immediately dropped. There wasn't like the kick landed and he had a little bit of a second to think about it, and then he dropped his hands. His hands immediately dropped, and his uh, his legs got a little bit close together, but then he like came back right away. Right. Before before Ankalov could even land anything. And the dude has a good chin. Like, he's got a great chin. <sighs> yeah, it was a bad stoppage, man. They, the, because the, as soon as they, as soon as McDonald called it, I mean, Kuzalaba was there. He was lucid. I mean, he was there. I mean, he was just, he was immediately protested. There wasn't any delay in his response time as far as the fight being called. So, yeah, it was bizarre, man. But could you imagine if he had just given him five more seconds? Someone was going to be KO'd. Yeah. Might have been Kutilaba, but it might have been Akilov. Right. Like, someone was going to get KO'd. Yeah. And I actually texted you before that fight started, this fight ends in KO. Yeah. Like, I said there was no way this fight goes to a decision. No was, way. Was there a bad blood between those two guys before the fight? Because the, the weigh-ins looked really weird, like their standoff with each other. Like, Ewan, whatever the hell you say, like, was doing some weird stuff and jumping up in his face and stuff at the weigh-ins. Yeah. And then... In the beginning of the fight, when they went to do the handshake or the fist bump or whatever, Ewan actually went after him, like with yeah. just bypassed all that, which I'm surprised he didn't get in trouble for that. Well, you don't have to. You talk about after the after the ref says let's go. I thought that was before the ref said let's go. Oh, I don't remember that. Like um, like when the ref when the ref is standing in the middle of the ring and he has the the two guys come up and yeah. they they you know he tells them are you saying oh yeah yeah I know what you're talking about yeah I don't know it wasn't that bad I get it though yeah he probably I mean you can't do that obviously you need to back off right but that's what he does that's the that's the the energy that he brings uh, his his weigh-ins are pretty funny no he does that at weigh-ins he tries to get under their skin so like when he fought Cleo Roundtree like he walked up calm. And then did his like lion scream in his face, and like Roundtree actually like flinched a little bit and kind of made the face like, "What the fuck you doing, bro?" Like, you know what I mean? But it like yeah. he like brought his head back, like Jesus Christ, like what are you doing, bro? And then 
they call him the Hulk, so he paints himself green at times and he'll walk out like the Incredible Hulk, and that's just what he does. No, there wasn't like bad blood, but he does, you know, he got up in his face at the Wayans, and you got to do, man. You got to sell these fights somehow. I mean, sure. these are guys who are, uh, they're not ranked. They're trying to make a name for themselves in a, in a tough division. So, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, this, the, the stoppage was terrible. I would love to see those guys just run it, run it back. Yeah. Just run it. Right. Probably won't happen, but. Right. Speaking of running it back, Wilder gets his rematch. Okay. Is that what you want to go into next? Go ahead. No, we're just saying. That's fine. So he is using his rematch clause. Do we have any idea when the time frame is for that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Someone just sent me a text about it, though. But he, uh, Wilder exercises Fury rematch clause. See what this says. That's it. It's just a tweet. Thanks, Bleacher Report. <laughs> so he, Deontay Wilder is using, I, I'm saying it's an excuse because that's what it sounds like. Whether it is or not, I, I don't know. But he's using the excuse of his suit that he was wearing to the ring as it was like 45 pounds. And he's saying that that basically weighed him down. And that's why his he didn't have his legs underneath him basically in that fight. What do you agree with that? Do you think that's possible, or do you think he's just using that as a scapegoat? It's rough, man. It's rough. Um, <laughs> and if so, said, if so, is he just is that just a, was that a really dumb move? As I said on our first episode, I'm a huge Deontay Wilder fan. I was truly crushed that he lost the way that he the way that he lost that fight to Fury. Um, however, there's footage of him on Joe Rogan saying that. He trains with a 40-pound vest on, number one. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. My question also would be, if that thing was so heavy and it was having so, taking such a toll on your body, why did you get into the ring dry? He wasn't sweaty at all. And by, fighters know that you don't want to get into a, you don't want to go into a fight dry or cold. Right. And he was dry. He did not look warmed up. So if that thing was taking such a toll physically on you, why weren't you sweating at the very least? Right. Sweating a little bit, you know. It sounds like an excuse, and I, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I do want to see the third fight. A lot of things, and I already said this, a lot of things didn't look right about that fight. They didn't. He didn't look right. So if that was the case or if there was something else going on that he can't talk about, I am happy to see that he's not firing his trainer. There were talks of him getting rid of Mark Breland, his trainer, because he threw in the towel. And he just couldn't handle that. He just wouldn't let him lose on his own accord that they threw in the towel. But so it just came out now that he's not going to fire him. So that's good. I'm excited for the third fight. Uh, he's going to have to change a lot if he wants to be Fury. Fury, to me right now, the way that he implemented his game plan and fought a completely different fight than he did the first fight and was the aggressor and basically just pushed Deontay Wilder around, Wilder's going to have to change a lot of things. I, I don't know if he can. Uh, I'd like to see him... I'd like to see him make those changes and we have a more competitive fight in the third fight. Cause he really, he just got beat up. I mean, let's, there's no way around it. Right. So yeah, I, I yeah, to call it an excuse, uh, I don't want to go in that hard on him, but it, it sounds like it. Yeah. Right. Sounds yeah. like it. So with Tyson, with you kind of alluding to Tyson Fury being the man right now, pretty much in boxing, if that fight goes down and I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of asking you to make a prediction, but not, uh, if, if the fight goes down with uh, Joshua that you want to happen, who do you think wins that? Do you think Fury wins? Fury and Joshua? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Fury just outboxes him. I don't think he needs to... Joshua hits hard, 
But Joshua also showed in the second Andy Ruiz fight that he's totally comfortable now just being a boxer and not a power puncher. He also was afraid of getting KO'd again by a guy that everyone, you know, felt he should have beaten in the first fight. So he did. He did put on a great display of boxing. I don't think he does that to Fury. And I don't think Fury has to take the same approach like he did against Wilder because they're just not the same level of power punching. Does that mean that, you know, to... Anthony Joshua can't catch him just like Wilder did in the first fight. No, absolutely. It's boxing. Anybody can get hit. Um, I think Fury wins. Okay. Yeah, I think Fury beats him. Uh, the the but I'm not I'm not I'm not counting out Anthony Joshua by any means. He he a lot of people didn't like the second fight with Ruiz. They thought it was boring. Ruiz obviously was overweight. He didn't take it as serious. There were reports that he was partying a lot, obviously. I mean he was eating burritos, we know that. Um <laughs> and, with extra guacamole, but he did do a good job of boxing in that. I mean, he showed that he has another, he, he could take his game to another level. So it, it makes it, it's interesting. And I think it would be a huge fight if, especially if they did it over in England, I did, and I, I'm down for it now, obviously with the rematch happening, when do we see it? Does Joshua wait? Does he fight someone before and risk losing the belt again? But I don't care who has the belts at this point. There needs to be a unified heavyweight champion, period. I don't care if it's Fury. I don't care if it's Wilder. I don't care if it's Joshua. I don't care if the next guy comes along and does it. Let, let me let My, me ask you this because I don't know enough about boxing, and I don't know if our listeners are going to either, but you, you have mentioned unifying belts. What does that exactly mean? Is that different? That's not different weight classes, right? It's different. What, I mean, how does that work? Different, so different belts from different organizations. So right now, okay. Fury is the WBC champ. By beating Wilder, he became the WBC champ. He's also considered the lineal champ, meaning I was the champ and no one took the belts away from me, which okay. is what happened. He's also the ring magazine champ, which again, that's not it's, it's considered a, a, a title, but it's not a major. So the four, the four titles are WBC, which Fury has, and then Joshua has the other three. So he has the WBA, the WBO, and the IBF. So by unifying, I mean you have the two champions fight, and then one person holds all four belts. Okay, so how does so how does that work? Do you you fight for different organizations at different times to where you could possibly lose one at a time, or do you or is there one fight to where somebody can win all four? No, I mean you have to you have to fight the guy who's holding the other belts. But the problem, reason we haven't seen it, is because when Fury beat Klitschko, he got all the belts essentially, but then didn't fight again. He just vacated the, the belts. He didn't have the WBC belt, so Wilder was the WBC champion. So that was the unification belt that never happened. So then when he vacates, Anthony Joshua now has the belts. Uh, well, he didn't have all of them. He eventually got the three by beating Joseph Parker. When he beat Joseph Parker, never fought Wilder. So the fight we need to see is... The WBC champ needs to fight the guy, whoever it is, that has the other three. Because right now, Joshua has all three. So the only way for Joshua to lose the three, uh, he could vacate one of them if he doesn't fight like a mandatory challenger. Because each organization names their own mandatory cha- mandatory challenger for the belt, which also throws – it's it, the whole thing is a mess. Like, <laughs> But that's the confusing thing to boxing for most people with boxing is there are so many belts. There are so many champions, so many weight classes. It's hard to keep track of. Um, but with the heavyweight division, you know, I, I really wanted it to be wilder just to have a unified American champion, but yeah. So, I mean, 
it's just it has to be Fury Joshua. It just has to be. If if Fury beats Wilder in the third fight, if they don't make that fight happen, it's just it's crazy. It's 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 madness. Uh, but it's happened before. It's going to happen again. So the dark horse uh, he won last night uh, by TKO. The dark horse is Joseph Parker. To me, he's already been a champion. He's still young. Um, I think he's getting better with each fight. That doesn't mean he's going to get. I don't know. I don't know if he's a mandatory challenger now in any of the for any of the belts, but either way. Um, and then Pavetkin's supposed to be fighting Dillian White. That guy could be the next to challenge Joshua. White has already been KO'd by Joshua, so there's a story behind that because they're both English. It's it, it, like I said, it's a mess. It's hard to keep up with, but it's fun. So right. <laughs> Speaking of fun, we're gonna have some fun next weekend, huh? Or That's- this weekend whatever however you consider your weeks to run i don't know but yeah well, next saturday night for that usc card i'm UC gonna 248 so another one i'm gonna ask you to make a prediction but not make a prediction as far as israel adesanya and uh yol romero this fight I, I never expected to see this fight happen i just be i don't know why i just it just seems so Two completely different styles going at it, which is going to be amazing. I'm I'm excited for the fight, but it, I don't know. I just never I never expected to see this fight happen. Yeah, well, the reason it's happening is because Adesanya wanted it. Yeah, he said I'm not. I'm I don't consider myself to be the real champ. I don't consider my legacy to be complete unless I beat Romero, just because he's always been. And I'm putting this in air quotes here. The most feared guy in the division. You know, he fought. Whitaker twice a lot of people thought he beat Whitaker in the second fight and even if he had been had been given the decision he wouldn't have won the belt because he missed weight so yeah I get it I get why I asked for that fight it is a scary fight for Adesanya um even at you know Romero being what 40 years old is he 40 is he over 40 now did he ever actually turn Um, his age but for him to ask for that fight Romero's a super explosive guy you never know what he's going to bring to a fight. That's a scary fight for Adesanya. The reason I say that is this. I think Adesanya's got more skill as far as mixing things up with the striking and his kickboxing is better. I don't think he's as powerful necessarily, but he did show in that Whitaker fight um, and then the Gastelum fight, he has punching power. You know, they kind of said like he's, he's a skinnier guy. He doesn't have the same kind of punching power as a lot of these top middleweight guys, but he clearly does. You know, Whitaker's a guy who's been in there with Romero twice. Right. Right. And he KO'd Whitaker. You know, Romero couldn't KO Whitaker. So, I mean, he hurt Whitaker in the second fight for sure. But, you know, he actually, he he brings that punching power there. The reason that I say it's scary is this. He's been KO'd before by Adesanya in kickboxing. And not like TKO'd, like he got murked mm-hmm. uh, by Alex Pereira. So with a guy like Romero who... He just the, the way that he strikes and his striking is so unpredictable at times and the power and the, like the, the force that he brings with it and just the, the explosiveness he brings to his striking. That's, that's scary for Adesanya. Now it's scary for anyone, but when you see a guy, I brought this up to you. We did our first MMA on the mic for uh, the UFC fight card where Garbrandt fought Munoz. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how I wasn't surprised to see Garbrandt get KO- TKO'd by Dillashaw because he had that fight um, on the regional circuit where he got flatlined. Right. I mean, flatlined. And when you see a guy get knocked out like that, you, well, when's the next time? You're, you're thinking, when is the next one? 
do you really want to be asking those questions when you're fighting a guy like Romero? Right. So, that's just me. Now, again, I think I think Adesanya is more skilled, but Romero is still as scary as ever. I think it's a tough fight for him. I the the craziest thing about Romero is that he hasn't used his wrestling really at all. We haven't seen him really use his wrestling in any fights. He's an Olympic caliber wrestler. Right. You know what I mean? Comes from an Olympic wrestler pedigree, you know, uh, in Cuba. So the fact that we haven't seen him use his wrestling, it's like, well, does he use it against the guy who he clearly has the advantage over, which is typically most guys, right? He did use his wrestling defense, his takedown defense, when he fought Weidman. In that fight, he was able to sort of defend the takedowns of Weidman, and, and it wasn't. It was kind of like Weidman. Well, maybe you need to rethink your game plan here because he's, <laughs> he's stuffing all of the takedowns. By the way, his Wikipedia page says he's 122, <laughs> so we don't know how old he is. <laughs> Let me see if I can get his actual. Oh, he's 42. He's okay. 42. That's crazy. Jesus. That's crazy. So even at 42, it's still a scary fight. Does, uh, does this hurt? Adesanya. Does this hurt uh, Adesanya if he loses this fight? As far as what getting another getting a, another shot at the title and things, I mean he's undefeated, right? Right. Mm-hmm. His rise to the title and being a champion was quick. Very Happens quick. a lot quicker than than it's ever happened before for anyone. No, I mean, I don't think so. No. Well, if he gets flatlined, maybe a little bit, but the fact that he asked for the fight. You know, and the UFC clearly is state they like the fact that he asked for this fight. Mm-hmm. Dana White's he's giddy about talking about it that way. Like, who, who, you know, he he's been quite, you know, who, who wants to fight Noah Romero? You know, Adesanya wants to fight him. So it just makes him more of a G. But yeah, I don't think you want to lose. That division's sort of weird right now because of the way the top five looks. If he does lose and Romero's the champ, do you rematch him and? Paulo Costa, like, what do you do? Because right. a lot of people think Romero beat Paulo Costa, right? And that's kind of been the argument. Like, how's he getting a title shot? He's coming off a loss. A lot of people thought Paulo Costa was going to get the next shot, but um, isn't it's Romero? Like, we, what do you do if Romero wins? You have a forty-two-year-old champion. Like, how long? What do, you, <laughs> do you do? You, you know, do you rematch? Because Adesanya is undefeated. Do you rematch them? What if, what if it goes to a decision and they give Romero a decision? Do you? immediate rematch like i don't know it's tough it's tough to think about either way it's a ballsy move on adesanya's part i don't want to make a prediction i think it's a scary fight for him just because of to be holding a title and to want that fight is ballsy however very risky i mean he could have taken the easy way out honestly he could have uh because paulo costa can't fight because he i think he tore a bicep or something so he had to have surgery so he's out for a while I mean, he could have taken a fight with like Darren Till or something. You know, I could totally see them doing that. I'm not. I'm still a little bit confused about the UFC's love affair with Darren Till. I'm not saying he's not talented and he's not good, but are are you confused by it? I'm not. I, yeah, I. I mean, I haven't followed it as much, but it's it's odd. Like I've been listening to some interviews here lately that he's been involved in and stuff, and I, I don't know. It, it it seems like the UFC could still do more for him though. Like, because he's been having so many issues with the, his visa and his passport and stuff and being able to, just to do fights in general. Wouldn't you think that a company like UFC would be able to help with that more? I know I took this in a different direction than you were expecting, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's 
they, but that had, he's not the only guy. I mean, welcome to Ozdemir's had to deal with that. Um, there are guys who just, yeah, but he, well, I think he got into a bar fight though. Isn't that why he couldn't, I don't know. I, you put, they've done so much for him. I mean, the, he got a title shot quick. Yeah. And did he really, you know, he had, I mean, he ran over Donald Cerrone at 170. He had a close fight with Stephen Thompson, I guess, because Thompson had fought for the belt twice. It's like, sure, he's the next guy in line. But I mean, he, in his last fight, he had, he got a decision over Gaston in a boring fight yeah. and then said he didn't want to be in there. Like he, you know, like, and now they're talking title shot, but eh, I don't know. I think he's going to fight Jared Cannon here next, which I like that fight a lot. I don't know. I just think, I mean, for as far as a middleweight title shot goes, I think he's two to three, two, at least two fights away. But that's what I said. I mean, if, if Romero wins, what do you do? You obviously, the rematch with Costa is there, but what if Cannoneer wins? What if he fight, actually fights Till and beats Till? Do you, you do that fight? I don't know. It's tough. If, if Adesanya wins, the next fight is Adesanya Costa, and they'll wait. They'll wait for Costa to be healthy. Yeah. That, that, that narrative was already created. They just have to wait for both guys to be ready. If Romero wins, I don't know, man. I think, to be honest with you, I think if Romero wins, I think they give him a gimme fight. For, I think they give what, him a fight for what to keep him champion longer because he's such a freak, right? He's 42. It's just a good story. You know, we have this old freak of nature champion. Could be 122 years old, according to his Wikipedia anyway. Like, give him give him a guy like Till. Don't give him the toughest matchup. Give him a guy like Till. Give him give Gastelum another shot. If Cannoneer win, give him Cannoneer instead of Costa. Build up that fight with Costa a little bit more. Like, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, it's a tough, tough fight for Adesanya. Let me but let, let me ask you to... an off the wall question: Do you think the UFC would rather have American title holders because they're they're the they're basically the face of the company, or at least like English speaking fight UFC title holders? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like who who are promoting the UFC and yeah. the you know when they're doing social social media stuff or they're doing um these you know media junkets and stuff like that it seems like it would be much harder for a non-english speaking fighter to be able to promote the ufc the way that they would want does that make any sense no no i, I agree i they they like they like fighters that can speak well they sell the fights better they just do right no romero english is not that's that's the, what was popping in my head i was i was curious not, uh, i was like um, uh, so you're calling conspiracy that they can't have, like, can't have them win because I, of that? No, I didn't say conspiracy, um, conspiracy by any means. You brought that up. No, they like guys that speak well. Israel Adesanya speaks well. He's, he's good on the mic. He right. can rip a good promo. Right. You know, they like people that can do that. You know, when Bisbing was champion, they loved, I mean, they, 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 he sold fights well. I think that's sort of been what's kind of hindered Amanda Nunes a little bit. She can speak English, but it's not it's not great at it. Yeah. You know, she's got good personality, but it's just there's a little bit of a disconnect there, right? You know, just thinking about like, well, there's another guy, George St. Pierre, longtime champion, wasn't that great on the mic, right? Kind of hard, you know. English was not his first language, so yeah. I mean, they definitely like fighters that can speak well, promote themselves well, promote the company well, promote the fights well. Right, and I'm not um, sa- I'm not saying that they would intentionally make any moves to where that couldn't, you know, somebody couldn't be a, a fighter because they don't, or a title holder because they don't want them to be the face. I get, I, I'm not saying that by any means. 
I'm sure. just I'm just curious from a company point of view how they how they look at those kinds of things. I mean, I, I'm I don't, you think they go through any kind of training or something like that for like the fighters who aren't used to doing the press and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not gonna act like I know the answer to that. I do know one thing. After last night, they need to step up their translating game. What was going on last night? Oh yeah, that the, was terrible. The, the translators were worse yeah. at speaking English than the fighters. Right. I was like, why well, have a translator there? They should have a universal translator for everyone, right? Even, Not like even, the guys come in and do it. Like there should be one person or a couple who can speak the languages of the fighters on the fight card. You know this ahead of time. Find a translator. Yeah. And get them in. The, it was just bizarre. Even the translator thing in general. Like I, I, I wish there was some other way to to get the to figure this out like without doing the translator thing, because I can't stand to watch and it's no offense to any fighter who doesn't speak English. It's just a matter of, I can't stand to watch three people try to talk in a conversation where one's explaining something to the other one. And then they say what they want to say. And then the translator has to say that same thing in English. It's like, we have those, uh, I don't know what, I don't remember what they're called, but like to where you can go to another country with your phone. It's like an app or something where you can go to the, another country and you can talk into your phone and it'll translate things for you. There's going to be some way that we can do use technology to make this work better. The technology is the translator. No, that sucks. <laughs> there is all this language. That's, that's why I get, they're there. I, I, get, I get it, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like something that translates, like that you put in front, like a phone, an app that you put in front of the fighter who's talking, and then that automatically sends it out in English to us. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but then you got to deal with that technology failing. And look, the bottom line is translators actually in a lot of a lot of industries get paid well. Really? Find a guy who can go in there and be animated and do it. A guy or a girl, I don't care. But find someone who can actually do it. It's it's not a broken system. It's just been broken lately. It, like last night was atrocious. And no offense to those people, to those guys, or those guys that were trying to convey the message, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come across well. You're, are, you just, are you talking a universal translator in, in all languages, or just like one universal translator for each language? So like one one that talk does Russian, one that well, that's, does. Well, that's I mean, you you got fighters from all over the world that could right. get tricky. But if you have a guy, a couple of guys ready there for the card that speak six to seven different languages, absolutely. That's right? crazy. That's tough. Well, you know, you need one who who can speak Portuguese, right? Right. Plenty of Portuguese speaking fighters in the UFC. You know, you need one who can speak Spanish. You know, you need one who can speak English. There's three. We have. Let's see. We have Russian fighters in the UFC. You need someone who can do that, right? Probably French speaking would be good, right? I'm trying to think. What language does Francis Ngannou speak? He's French speaking from Cameroon, so French speaking. There you go. Uh, so yeah, look, French Canadian. So you have your French Canadian guys. Look, it can be done. It, it, the the problem is, is last night F- Figueiredo's translator was just as goddamn Portuguese as he was. He could barely <laughs> speak English. So it's like it was, he wasn't an actual translator. He was just a guy who just so happens to speak English a little bit better than the fighter. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, there, there's you just need you need a couple of guys there in the building, guys or gals, a couple of guys or gals there in the building that can actually speak. And when I say universal, at least cover a, a good a good level of, uh, you know, a good number of languages, essentially. So. Right. 
no. So are there any other fights on that card that you want to break down or you want to go ahead and move on? Oh, I'm excited for that whole card, to be honest with you. The main uh, the main card is great. You got Neil Magny coming back. Right. Alex Oliveira and Max Griffin are fighting in the first fight. That I don't see that fight making it to a decision, so that should be entertaining. Uh, Benil Dariush and uh, Drakkar Close is a good fight. The co-main's a good fight. You know, you got Yolanda coming back, fighting Wiley for the title. It's going to be her first title defense. So yeah, man, I, I, it's a, overall it's a good card, man. And even even the uh, the prelims, um, looking at the prelims, like so you got Sean O'Malley's coming back. That's going to be nice. A good, he's fighting uh, Jose Quinones. That's a good fight. Mark Madsen's on this card. Wrestling guy, undefeated. Kind of good story there. He's obviously got a long way to go, but so yeah, it's going to be a good card. I'm excited for it. You know, we're going to be uh, we're going to be podcasting that bitch. Yeah. Were you were you ever, were you ever on the Yoana train, the hype train? Kind of, sorta. I I I didn't. I liked the way that she uh, fought Rose the second time. So actually, kind of got. I don't know. That was a weird decision to me too. But what do I know? Um, I just thought the way that that fight was scored, I felt like she definitely did more uh, more damage than the judges gave her, gave her credit for, especially with the leg kicks. I, I, to be honest with you, it's kind of sad to say I've become more of a fan of fan of her now that she's not a champion than when she was a champion. Really? Just I, because I can't of, explain it. So you, yeah. you don't know if it has to do with fighting style or anything like that. It's just oh, she's a beast. Dude. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I like her, but yeah, I don't know. I just somehow gravitated to her more once she lost the title, and I liked her sort of trying to get the title back in an immediate rematch i guess was the deal gotcha her shit talking was kind of funny to me and maybe that's why but yeah she called herself the, the boogie woman, woman thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny it's fun but yeah so i mean i'm excited for that card we got a lot of good good stuff coming up so right yeah like you said we're uh we're gonna be doing the mma on the mic up at the slice pine again so people you cannot join us however Definitely tune in to the MMA on the Mic Facebook page because we're going to be streaming. I believe we might be streaming through YouTube on this next one, too. Oh, we were stepping up our game. On the Media Outlaws. Dude, people do not realize how much the game has been stepped up that me and you have not helped with at all. <laughs> I've been in the group texts. What do you mean? <laughs> it's we, basically been one person, let's be honest. Matt has been killing it. He's killing it. So it, shout out to Matt. Yeah, we have gone from uh, just four guys just bullshitting to like looking damn near professional. Yeah, so much so that I don't even want to drink for this one. I'm just gonna stay sober. <laughs> like the first two, I got drunk and I was like, I was probably the drunk guy on the podcast. I don't even want to be that slob anymore. Like I want to be, <laughs> I want to be lucid and be a part of it. Like, like you could tell, like the beginning of the cards, like I have so much MMA stuff to offer up, and then by the end, I'm just like. <laughs> staring at the screen watching the fights like on the edge of my seat not saying anything with my mouth open yeah like a stupid per like gorilla like I'm just a dumb mouth breathing midwesterner like hey, who's who gonna win the fight so yeah i think it's getting more fun though because i think everybody's kind of figuring out what their role is in the in the thing it's not just four guys talking over each other anymore it's we're, we're kind of you know feeling each other out and learning who does what and who has the knowledge in this area and those kinds of things Oh, do we? We actually know that. I mean, we're so, dude, I we're miss, working on. It. I said it's getting better. I missed this. I, I missed this dynamic. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I had no I idea. I didn't. Say, I didn't say you were included in it. You're just sitting over oh, there, yeah, like yeah. staring into the wind. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad about that during the main events because during the main events, I like shut up and I just watch. 
Yeah. Like that's the true MMA nerd of me. Like, right. So yeah, I'll, I'll have to, uh, have a few less cocktails on Saturday and, and offer up a little bit during, <laughs> that's the problem too. Like I'm, because of what I just said about Adesanya and Romero, now I'm going to be like on the edge of my seat, not uh-huh. saying anything because I'm right. like in KO, like I'm, I'm worried for Adesanya or something. So yeah. either way, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So you should tune in people. Don't be bullshitting. Absolutely. I believe the time is normal, right? 7, 7 p.m. should be prelims, central time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 7 p.m. on the prelims. Those are going to be on ESPN, actually. So oh, that's really? That's cool. Yeah, O'Malley's going to get to headline an ESPN nice. prelim card. So that's – hopefully he does well because I know there's a lot – they have a lot of uh, a lot of stock in that guy. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a fan favorite already, and he's – yeah. Yeah. When's the last time he fought? It's been like two years, right? Because he's been hurt and he had the who did had he, the who did he fight last? <sighs> yeah, I got it right here. Well, he tested positive for for uh, marijuana, which yeah. that should matter. All those guys should be allowed to they should be allowed to smoke in the octagon after they fight. <laughs> for real, they just got hit in the face for fifteen give, minutes. Give some them, of them twenty five minutes. They should smoke all the weed. Give them all vape and pens, should, and they should be encouraged to do it. Right, just my opinion, but what do I know? His last fight was a win. No, I mean, that was so long ago, dude. That was March third, twenty eighteen. Dang. Damn. So almost. So, so almost, he's really almost technically. Right at two years. Yeah. So he did. He had the Tuesday night contender series KO. He had his next fight was a decision win in twenty seventeen, and then he fought in twenty eighteen at UFC two twenty two. So how how, cra- how crazy is that to bring him back and he- to headline a prelim card when he was suspended for two years and this is his first fight back? Well, he wasn't suspended for two years. Oh, he wasn't. No, he was he was suspended, but he was out because of an injury. Oh, okay. He was scheduled to fight at UFC two thirty nine. No, he failed a test for Osterin. Osterin, yeah. What is that? Uh, just a lot of guys. I, I believe a lot of guys have. Uh, been selective in that, been in that selective androgen receptor modulator for the treatment of conditions such as muscle wasting and osteoporosis. Huh. Okay. Well, that's uh, so. Wait. So, in, in other in other, in other words, people who have like w- diseases that like waste away their muscles, osterine helps with with that. So, if sure. you don't have that disease and you take that, of course, it's going to help. <laughs> so he was scheduled to fight at UFC 229 in 2018 and then he announced he was out of the fight due to a potential anti-doping policy violation then in October that was supposed to happen October 6th then October 25th he had hip surgery while waiting to receive the violation sentence then he was suspended for six months after the testing positive for Osterin. Jeez, so he so, was eligible to fight as of March 2019. So in other wow. words, if ring ru- ring rust was ever a thing, this guy is probably going to have it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's been through, been I, just think a lot. Should, I just think he should get high before the fight and all will be well. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? That's just my opinion. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So MMA on the mic, Slice Pint, next Saturday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to be on the MMA on the mic Facebook page live streaming just commentary we're not showing the fight we are just doing commentary for it 
And I believe, I will double check, but I believe we're doing the Media Outlaws YouTube page also. Holla. So uh, let's wrap this thing up with, apparently you have a coronavirus story. Don't we all? I don't, I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't, all, have, I, don't all, I don't think I have one. We all have it. We've all been exposed to it. Okay. No, so here's Are what happened. Are you a scientist so, now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, uh, so my, my, my wife works in healthcare. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And she had to treat a patient that tested positive for the coronavirus. Okay. Now, it wasn't the strand or strain from China. Right. It was a different strain. That's sort of, uh, I guess, the point of origin is the United States, from what I gathered from this conversation. So after she did, she called me and said, all right, need you to go to the store. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? She goes, go get some disinfectant wipes and get some, you know, some airborne, you know, like airborne. So the boost our immune system. She's like, I just treated someone with a coronavirus. Now, I read, so I knew that that wasn't necessarily a death sentence for either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I go, well, why did you, so what, I mean, why did you know? No, we didn't know until, so they went in for a cardiac episode. They had to get blood work done. They found it in the blood work. So essentially she didn't know, but found out afterwards, of course. And there's nothing you can do. You've been exposed to it. Now, this has been a week and a half since this happened, I guess. No, it's been a week today. Yeah, so I'm fine. You haven't heard me cough once. I haven't sneezed once. I don't sound hoarse. She's fine. But I was a good guy, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in and tell all of my colleagues that I was exposed to it just to let them know, you know? And the amount of people that, you would have thought that I told them I had AIDS. Like the amount of people that just reacted like, what? Their eyes get real wide. They go, what? And they go, you stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm like, you do know what Corona is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. So many people are dying. I go, you don't know what Corona is then because <laughs> so I was like, maybe you should read up on it. And then so like I'm trying to explain it to, to someone and they're, but so the people who are dying are old people. I'm like, no, not just old people. I was like, can you please just read something, read anything, watch, like, what do you, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Like, how do you not know what this is? So my story is basically like, I might have Corona. I probably don't. And if I did, I'd probably be quarantined away from all of my coworkers and colleagues. So do you, pl- all- do you, do you plan on going to get tested at all? Either one of no. you? No. No? No. We'll be fine. Do you know what the symptoms, the early symptoms are of it? It's a cold. You, you, they're the same That's... symptoms as cold. Okay. Yeah. And the people that it's, uh, you know, truly, truly impacting are the ones that have compromised immune systems anyway. So a lot of people who are actually getting hit hard by it are people with breathing problems. Right. So people who are asthmatic or have COPD and, or all, and all, also the people who are dying from it are people who aren't treating it when they have symptoms and then also don't have access to good healthcare. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the thing but, that I've seen, cause you mentioned that when she told you about the whole thing, told you to go out and get like Lysol wipes and stuff like that is that the thing I've seen going around social media is it does show like the back of the bottle of a light, like Lysol wipes that shows coronavirus on there. But apparently that, like you said, it's a different strand or when those came out, they were for a different strand than what's out there now. 
All I know is, is I should have invested stock in face masks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I just I just seen a picture earlier of a couple that said they just got back from vacation and it's their their uh, face is sunburned, but they had a mask on while it, while they were there. So it's just like <laughs> where the mask was is all white. It's really funny. Jesus, <laughs> fucking man, it's the only stock that's up right now. I think too. That's funny. Yeah, everything else is taking a hit, ain't it? Yeah, market's not doing so well. Yeah, you know, anytime the global economy shuts down, it doesn't really help us, does it? Well, that's something we don't need to get into that. That's boring shit. But well, just like real quick, that's so just, look, that that hey, that, that affects your job quite a bit, week, right? Because what <laughs> you're saying <laughs> if we don't do an episode next week is because you have the coronavirus? I'm in the hospital. I've I've okay. I've, I've ignored my symptoms, and I'm you basically can, a hypocrite. We can Skype from the hospital. It's a good point. I'm gonna do it from my phone. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I feel fine, everyone. Good. I'm glad. I should write a letter. I should write a letter to the CDC, letting them know that hey, if you just want to avoid this, just get some airborne. I was popping those things like Tic Tacs. It's just vitamin C, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah, it's just yeah. a jolt to your, your immune system. Which I take vitamins anyway. So to be honest with you, right. I was probably overdoing it, and I was just pissing it out anyway. Right. So more than likely. Well, yeah, you you've whatever. been. Uh, You've been talking and ranting for two hours, so I, I feel like you wouldn't be able to do that if Again, you had the just coronavirus. Ranting. Oh, that's a good point. I was going to say I thought your your angle was here was like I'm the one always ranting and you're just sitting there. Would you like to go back through these episodes and look and see the amount of time that you've <sighs> been talking compared to me? Are you saying I talk too much, dude? Tell me to shut up. No, this is your show. I'm letting you take the it's reins. It's not my show. It's, it's not my show. Whatever. It's our show, sir. Okay. I appreciate the we equality that you're... Gee, don't do that. We're not going to have a show anymore. All right. Well, look. It's our show. Tell me to shut up. Yeah. I am... I've like, probably had two pots of coffee to myself Jesus today. Jesus Christ. And I had a, a Dr. Zevia, which also has caffeine. Yeah. And I haven't had any food. A little, a little shaky. I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink sodas for caffeine. Do you drink soda just for the taste or do you drink it for caffeine? No, uh, just because I like the taste. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do, I, I, I do I, like Zevia. That stuff's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. This doctor's, my favorite is the cream soda. I like the root beer this one. Dr. Zevia is all right. I like Which the, one root, do you like? the root beer one. The ginger root beer. Those are good uh -huh. too. Yeah. The Deerbergs by, by us has fucking every every flavor like orange strawberry grape mountain zevia dr zevia wow. cherry cola zevia the cola zevia caffeine free cola zevia uh ginger ale like they have them all they're i think the only one that i haven't tried is the caffeine free cola and the ginger ale because i don't like ginger ale aren't they all clear too they don't have the artificial colors and stuff they're all clear that kind of creeps me yep. out just because I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. It's like I'm drinking a soda that's clear. Yeah, it's a little bit weird to pour out a root beer and it's clear, but mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's And again, here come the air quotes. Better for you than diet soda True. or regular soda. True. Until we find out that Stevie has given people ears on their assholes. <laughs> you know. That's, but, that's my argument. It's like when I drink a diet soda and someone goes, that's not good for you. Shut up. It gave one rat back in 1986, you know, pimples all over its legs. And now we're worried about it. It's like, 
calm down. Yeah, you yeah, know what's not good for you? Sugar. For sure, sugar is not good for you. For sure we know it's not good for you. Yeah. Aspartame may give me cancer. I'm no. not going to know that right now. <laughs> Later. <laughs> I, you, next week, you might have cancer and the coronavirus. We'll see. Look, aspartame gave one mouse cancer in the 80s, and now we're all supposed to freak out about it. It's like the same people that gave like a rat like 5,000 grams of salt, and then all of a sudden the, salt had, uh, the rat had high blood pressure. You just gave it 5,000 <laughs> grams of salt. Of course it has high blood pressure. It doesn't mean it's going to have the same impact on us, you <laughs> scientist. Anyway, <laughs> that's a rant you don't want me to go on. Dude, Sugar is bad for you, though. We should We should do some research and throw some of those rants in here, too. The, I'll do my anti-sugar rants all day because I've seen the impacts it has on me personally when I do have sugar and when I don't have sugar. And let me just tell you kids something. The sugar shits, which I tend to get often if I eat sugar, are not fun. That's a diarrhea that you don't want. That's a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm not editing that out, just so you know. I hope you get the sugar shits. <laughs> All right, man, another one in the books. Cool. Sounds good. All right, we are out. <laughs>